0: My name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast Season, where we are talking all things cross-country training and racing. And today, Lisa and I are talking in our cars in respective isolated bush locations attempting to record an episode using the wonders of modern technology in our wonderful mobile phones. So let's see how that I goes, know. Lisa.
1: <laughs> I know, but uh, who knows? It might be one of the better ones. As I said, the Sydney CBD seems to be pretty awful. So maybe beautiful coastal town of gerringong might actually be pretty good for <laughs> internet reception.
0: Yours is probably going to improve, but I suspect mine is um, not going to be quite so hot given I'm, I'm used to uh, Fancy NBN fibre to the house, and now, now I'm running off my iPhone, so <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even get 4G out here So at the Daleswood High Performance Centre, so yeah, anything could happen.
1: Anything. Well, we'll just roll with it and we'll see how we go, but how are things at the Daleswood High Performance Centre? How's your body, your, your mind, your spirit? Are you all intact?
0: Yeah, all of that's intact, which is good. It's very misty and raining as we're recording right now. And that was pretty much what it was like when I was on my long run this morning out in the forest. It was misty, but it wasn't raining, fortunately. But yeah, body is pretty good. Managed to put together some reasonable training over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been to Wollongong for a conference for work. And yeah, I have managed to Get to the end of this week in one piece, having knocked over a couple of good days of training, but I did unfortunately have to decide to decline the opportunity to race the Lap of the Lake, (laughs) Lake I just wasn't up for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, was you just exhausted from the travel, or your head just wasn't in it? What happened? All
0: of the above. Yeah, Yeah. just just my body was body and mind just could not get interested in the concept of going to Lake Wenderi and absolutely flogging myself. um, Yeah, and do you reckon
1: that was it? It's just I don't know how you feel, but sometimes when I'm so worn out, the thought of actually putting my body under stress and, and in pain actually makes me physically feel a bit sick. Maybe I'm just soft.
0: No, I don't think so. I, th- I, think, I, th- I think that's definitely a thing and... You know, I think we've spoken a few times about my desire to listen to my body a little bit more. Um, (laughs) And as OLD syndrome sets in, listening to your body uh, a little bit more is probably a good move. So I I felt pretty happy that I made that decision, actually, to uh, not do that race.
1: And I think sometimes if you just force it for the sake of it, your performance is pretty average and then you get disappointed and then there's a bit of a vicious cycle of just negativity, which is probably
0: good thing to avoid. Indeed. And yeah, I definitely didn't want to be negative and I could sort of predict that the only thing that was going to happen, that I was going to run a pretty ordinary time around the (laughs) lake and feel horrible doing it. So I thought it was best to avoid that this time.
1: Oh yeah. So did you do anything?
0: I did yeah I went to I actually went to parkrun instead and I kind oh, of went there nice. with no real expectations of what I was going to do like I, I just sort of arrived with about five minutes to go to the start and hadn't decided what I was going to do and it was only once I started running and felt pretty good that I thought well let's make this a, a threshold session so kind of got onto a, a reasonable pace and yeah just monitored my heart rate kept up below 160 and did a nice little threshold run at parkrun which which actually felt really good.
1: Yeah got You'll be racking up your 50 park run t shirt soon, the way you're going.
0: (laughs) I think I'm up to about 17 or 18 now. Oh, okay. I'm a little bit away from 50, but getting there, ticking them off.
1: Oh, good. So you said you're away in Wollongong. Did you manage to get any runs done? Because Wollongong's actually near where I am, and it's such a beautiful part of Australia.
0: It really is. And yes, I did manage to get some running in and some of that even along the beach, which was pretty stunning. So I kind of maintained my getting up early routine and uh, was hitting hitting the beach area just as the sun was coming up over the beach. So yeah, it was magnificent really to yeah, stroll along the beach before the conference sessions were about to begin and get in, a, get in a few kilometers during the week. So yeah, I think I ran Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Of this week and Thursday, I just did a gym session, ran on Friday and ran on Saturday and Sunday. So I actually ended up running six days. Oh, which wow. Which is pre- pretty good for me given current yeah. commuting circumstances and whatnot.
1: So how's it all going then, just juggling it all, the commuting, the full-time work again? You sort of penciled in. I know that you put your plans in a pencil this year with some races and you yep. from, zero from zero for two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> zero from a few at this point. Overall, I'm actually going pretty well. I'm getting used to the commute. I've kind of mastered the fastest way to do it and training is actually going well. I'm enjoying my running, but yeah, just it's just... If you're already kind of a bit spent from everything else you're doing, just that that little bit of lack of mental clarity and motivation for racing is something that I haven't managed to muster. But I am going to try and get in touch with that again so I can uh, roll around. The St Anne's Winery XCR 8K race, which is coming up Um, next weekend, so I've I've probably got a bit more motivation to do that one because I haven't been there before and haven't done that course before, so I I feel like that'll actually get me excited enough to to pull on, the, uh, pull on the racing flats or the spikes and get out there and have a crack.
1: Yeah, well, you were putting on the Ballarat singlet, I believe. And, um...
0: I actually don't have a Ballarat singlet. I better, <laughs> better see if I can sort that out. <laughs> the last time I ran one of those events without a Ballarat singlet, I got a very terse email from one of the uh, officials telling me off, so I better, better sort that out.
1: Oh, no, Brian, you better get that sorted. We don't want that.
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't want that again. Yeah, it's, it's really not worth it.
1: Uh, well, your week actually sounds quite relaxing quite good your your body and everything's holding up um how many k's did you do
0: uh so this week I got 63 I think
1: oh okay
0: yeah so that actually turned out really well last week actually we we recorded before we finished last week but I think last week I only ended up getting about 36 or something like that because last Sunday I was actually traveling to Wollongong and I just didn't have time to do a long run, so I did a little mini session. I think you know we were talking about our cross country ses- sessions. Yeah, I actually, yep. I actually did that one where I did reps of eight hundred meters at threshold with with a hill effort in the middle of it. Oh, actually, yeah. it was towards the tail end of it, so. <laughs> yeah, didn't it really was a mini session because I did two reps of eight hundred. Oh, <laughs> that was about was that All the time, time I had.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to say time, or was that just um, heart?
0: <laughs> it was time. Yeah, I, I probably could have done a couple more if I'd had a little bit more time. But yeah, I had a plane to catch and places to be. So, so anyway, it was good to do something at least. Um, so I guess over the course of the last two, I'm uh, probably averaging about fifty k's a week. But yeah, last week sort of thirty six or so, and this week sixty three. So. Um, yeah. Hey, things and you're are generally ten... headed in the right direction? Are you still
1: doing your ten day cycle? You know how you were pre sort of returning back to full time work, you were planning on playing around with that, but has it all just sort of fallen into the too hard basket?
0: Yeah. No. You might remember we were t- we were talking about that actually a couple of episodes ago, and I have thrown that out. So I'm basically just back okay. to working on working on a weekly cycle, and as a consequence, I'm really not feeling like doing sessions during the week. So being a weekend warrior like you and, yeah, pushing <laughs> my long run a little bit more at the back end and doing some sort of hilly efforts in the middle of my long run. And also, yeah, well, like yesterday, I was able to do a threshold at Park Run. So that was a that was a, a good one and get some get some harder running out.
1: Mm, it's definitely hard work, isn't it, for us poor mid-packers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it can, poor it can us. be tough, but... But I'm not feeling too sorry for myself because I enjoyed my threshold at Parkrun. That actually was um it was a pretty good effort, and let me just tell you what I did. I ran about 21.51, and overall average heart rate was uh, like 148, so I didn't work too hard. Um, At the back end, I was up close to 160 beats a minute and probably averaged, I don't know what Mm. that is, about 417 or something kilometre pace for the whole thing. But there, there was a couple of Ks in there that were, what did I have? I had a 434, 424, 407, 414 and 411. So it was actually pretty good going for threshold Mm. Mm. um i'm actually must still be hanging on to some fitness so i'm pretty was pretty (laughs) pleased with that Ah, good one to
1: throw 407 in the middle
0: yeah and then i hit the fourth kilometer at ballarat which is always into a headwind and that was the case again so that was why i slowed down just a touch in the fourth k there and then back on track for the yeah the 411 and then a four sorry a 414 and then a 411 for the last k so um and yeah, my heart rate actually went down two beats in the last kilometer because I wasn't running into the into the wind, so mm. yeah, all in all it was actually a pretty good session and pretty comfortable and since we're basically doing my recap, I might just tell you how my long run went this morning.
1: yeah,
0: I was out for one hour and fifty eight minutes, so almost two hours oh. and covered probably about yeah, twenty two well. and a half yeah twenty two and a half kilometers and probably averaged about sort of 5.17, 5.18 pace over Mm. one of my hilly loops uh, as described before. And during that run, yeah, I managed to hold on to sort of five. 38s 540s as I was doing the climbing section which was actually pretty good and heart rate was about sort of 150 average through there and once I crested the hill and got onto the downhills I was really ticking off some quicker k's like a 430 a 445 a 427 a couple of five lows and yeah then some under five minute k's towards the end as well so it was a felt felt pretty good actually just having a bit of fun, running over the hills and some uphill, some downhill, lots of kangaroos and wallabies thumping through the forest this morning. And uh, yeah, yeah it was Wait, is this on your monster
1: loop that last week you were
0: afraid yes. of? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the monster loop again. The only difference being the everything was the same, including the climb. But I sort of came home via a different direction because the the footing in the forest the week before was really starting to get very slippery and there was a section where it was just actually flooded out so i couldn't run through there so i decided to avoid that and come back a different way which sort of gave me an extra couple of kilometers and probably a longer stretch of downhill running after i went up the uh, up the hilly section so yeah pretty satisfying way to run 22ks actually
1: yeah, gosh, well you really are a weekend warrior. You did basically half of your half of your week yeah, in two days. Yeah, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I did yeah, I only did seven K's I think at Park Run because I didn't warm up, I just ran my five K's and then I did jogged a couple of K's afterwards. So yeah, seven yesterday and twenty two and a half today. So yeah, nearly half of my K's on the weekend. But you know, that's just uh, the way I have to roll these days, Lisa.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very common occurrence, to be honest. I reckon a lot of our listeners would be very used to that, just cramming I, those K's in.
0: <laughs> I think so. I think so. And how are you going?
1: Oh, how am I going? I'm a bit down and out actually um oh, no. I know things well actually we're we've had a bit of an ongoing battle at the moment with with our house we're we're trying to demolish it and then rebuild and it's probably been going on for about a year and uh I think I'm pretty good at keeping things you know together and stress doesn't really get to me, but then after a while of it just sort of building up and building up and building up, I usually just then collapse into like a a big heap. So I think I'm sort of at that point at the moment where just I think all of the anxiety around – you know, trying to get the approval through for for the house, and I know that we're a running podcast, but <laughs> this is affecting my running. Yeah. And just you know, arg- ongoing arguments with neighbours, and I think people issues and people anxiety is actually the worst type to have to deal with. So that's just sort of been building up and building up. And look, we're very very close. We're actually in the process of moving out into a fabulous tiny little apartment across the road from our house so it's it's getting closer i think we're about 95 percent there but you know when something's been building for so long and you're at those final stages but it's also out of your control so yes.
0: it just and being f- the control freak that you are that would be <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that would be the most stressful thing at all oh for it for really you, it?
1: is you know like you're able to control so many elements and of, of the life and I can usually roll with some things that, you know, aren't in my control but when there's something that I guess is quite emotive and means quite a lot to you as well, you know, obviously mm. like your home, wanting to build, you know, a nice new beautiful family home for the family and just being sort of stopped because of, you know, really nothing else than I think I'll call it human pettiness and resistance <sighs> to change. <laughs> it just sort of wears you down. So I think it's one of those things I've been going to bed, thinking about it. I've been, you know, dreaming of these things and waking up and it's still on my mind. And I think I just sort of got to a point this week where I sort of had to come out and admit my husband said it two weeks ago, how much it was getting to him. And I sort of I dismissed him a bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit... Terrible, a bit terrible. I know. Terrible wife. Terrible wife, exactly. And then today I'd mentioned it again, and rightfully so, he reminded me of my dismissive behavior towards <laughs> him a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, look, I've been getting through the training this week, and my OLD calf has actually come good, which I had suspected that it would after just that yeah. week's break. But I just, did
0: you have some treatment?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I just had a massage. It was, you know, one of those things where it literally just needs massage and rest. And I, I sort of knew it had come on a little bit from being tired and and the build up of this stress. So it was just a case of you know, get the massage, have a bit of rest, and do some easy running. It, it's usually the the key fix for me. So this week was sort of going through the motions of training, but. I guess a bit like you having the stresses of your job, just my head and my heart are just are not in it. I'm enjoying having the outlet, being around you know the group and um just obviously getting the benefits that you get from being out in fresh air and exercising. but again, the thought of doing anything that was going to raise my heart rate or you know actually be quite tough was oh, I actually was just feeling really quite anxious about that. So, I did end up getting, I've actually done 75Ks this week.
0: Wow, Um, that's a pretty solid week.
1: Yeah, but most of it's been really, really easy running. So, Tuesday was an easy 12K. Wednesday, I split. I did a double, an easy eight and an easy 12. Thursday, I actually did go down to the track, but all I did was four by four hundreds in 90 seconds. So, just but I just did a really easy long warm up, long cool down, and just you did really...
0: a mini session like me.
1: I did. <laughs> I did a Brian session. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: and that was just nice actually. Just sometimes I find the monotony of just going out and running slowly, you know, it can get a bit tedious. So it was nice to just go down there. As I said, it was only four four hundreds in you know quite a controlled pace. So you got the heart rate up a little bit, but wasn't anything that I was redlining. But we had actually, so New South Wales had their state cross-country relays on yesterday down at uh, a place called Miranda. And it's it's actually, it's a fabulous little event. It's very inclusive and they do get quite a lot of competitors down there. And I really enjoy it being that team atmosphere. So four runners complete four kilometres each over this actually really tough undulating cross-country course it's two loops of 2k and sort of when you're standing there it doesn't really look like much but it's one of those sneaky little courses where there's really no flat you're either working up you're on you know like a camber or you're having to work down with a few turns so it's a tough little one but again driving down there and I just thought I just I don't actually want to do this today. <laughs> so, but
0: unlike Brian, you, you did it anyway.
1: <laughs> I think. It, look, in You're all made of seriousness, stuff. yeah. Well, I think I am. But <laughs> no, if it was an individual event, I actually wouldn't yeah. have done it. But being the team event, and we've got such a lovely little club, and you know, people are not in it for themselves. It very much is, you know, the team is here and it's just about making up that team. So it's always a really nice thing to be a part of. And so I I actually did two legs. I competed in two teams. I competed in the open team. And then now that I qualify for the 35 team... (laughs) (laughs) i i know i run in i run in the 35 so i set off i was actually the first runner i've never been the first runner before at this course i'm usually uh the one that sort of come comes home last because i can usually pace myself pretty well and uh i took off and usually all the speed demons are in you know on that first leg and they just shot off miles ahead of me but i was just struggling i actually didn't have my watch on on the face so i couldn't see any data and i I really didn't want any data. I knew that I was exhausted. I knew that I was going to be having a hard day. So I really didn't want anything to remind me of that. And I decided to just try and run to feel without completely burying myself. And so I got around. The course was actually long. It ended up being 4.3 Ks. I think I ran 16, 14. Forgotten now, 44 or 48, which ended up being 358 average. So, which is solid on that course. It's a tough little one, but uh, I look, I've actually run a lot quicker on that course. But my heart rate was 195. So, (laughs) Mm. you know, I didn't even need the heart rate to tell me how awful I felt. And I have spoken about it before, when I'm not feeling great, I get really tingly in my hips and my quads. Um, And I think you mentioned that was the sensation that you felt during the Melbourne Marathon. Mm. um i guess some sort of sign to say that your body's really trying to fight something off and i finished my first 4k leg and handed over to the next runner and i completely lost control of my legs and just swan dived superman style down the hill (laughs) so i'm sporting some fabulous yeah cuts and grazes and bruises on my knees and my stomach so I've got some
0: that's not good (laughs) so was that uh, after the first leg or the second
1: no no that was after the first leg so the second leg actually I jogged around on the second so um, I did the first one and then the second leg my average pace was 420s I really sort of yeah eased it back but and you know, it felt much better, but just tired. And and today I got out for fifteen k's. I ran it to heart rate. I think I was five o six average in the end for the the pace. And yeah, like um, I'm just I'm just not in it at the moment. I really just need to get this house sorted so that I don't know I can sort of reset and stop. It's it's actually just consuming. I think all of my mental and emotional state at the moment. So yeah, so I'm just. I just feel a bit down and out, is really the summary.
0: I think it's like, you know, that rule about when you're injured or you've got a niggle that you have to run easy. And I think you know, it's probably the same goes for when you've got some sort of overwhelming stress going on. Like it's a good time to dial it back and
1: yeah. just take
0: it easy and just remember to only take what your body's prepared to give.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. But look, the the good thing is I am still Getting out, you know, the K's, which I think sets a really nice base for the marathon that I choose to do. I still haven't completely decided. I am thinking it's possibly Tokyo next year, but haven't 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 completely committed because I am also still thinking Melbourne at the end of the year with you. But I am not one hundred percent sure. I need to be in the, the right mindset to to pick it. But I am sort of ticking along 75, 80 K's, and that that mileage is actually feeling pretty good it's not feeling too strenuous and it's becoming yeah, a
0: new normal plateau for you
1: yeah it really is and i'm really pleased about that so you know i'm i'm taking that as a bit of a positive but i'm just finding it really hard to i guess extend myself in these sort of stressful types of times and yeah i think in the busy life that we lead these days it is it's really quite easy to wonder why you're not performing but yeah i think it's pretty evident for me that just carrying a bit too much stress at the moment
0: does so, sound like it. Yeah, hey, it's so it's you, Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about the marathon. I was talking to my brother this morning and he, he said the M word, oh. which has been the first time in a while that that has, <laughs> M word has passed his lips. His The last marathon he ran was, two, what was it, 2016, Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he ran three hours 28, so he's still got the family mm-hmm. PB for the marathon. Yeah. And yeah, he was, he even tossed out. Gold Coast and I thought, hang on, do you realise that that's only like five weeks away or something yes. like that? <laughs> Maybe it um, means doing... twenty
1: twenty for Gold Coast. <laughs> no,
0: no, he was he was talking about this year and look he's he's quite fit because he's doing a lot of triathlon training, so he's he's out on the bike for mm. you know long periods of time, so he's definitely got the cardio base. It's just a question of whether he, he would have the legs to get through the marathon. So it'll be interesting to see what he ends up deciding to do. Yeah.
1: Um, Wow. whether Watch he just decide space. to
0: just do a yeah it's almost like an impulsive just go and do a marathon kind of thing which I actually kind of like that because it's not too long to overthink it and overtrain and all of that just get out there and do one
1: yeah well maybe the listeners can um, write in for some of their favorite marathons and uh, give your brother and maybe me some inspiration of which one to sign up to Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly and I've been thinking about the marathon as well I haven't really got I'm actually sort of starting to get uh, a little bit interested in it again. I haven't got that sense of dread or or concern oh. about it. So well, oh, that's good yeah. because
1: you do. You've got to do Melbourne to keep your streak intact.
0: I I have to keep my streak intact. So I'm still trying to hit my ten in a row, so I can become a Spartan. But I'm I'm hoping the third one. This year is a little bit more uh, acceptable than the last one because <laughs> <The last one. laughs> I think if I have another one of those, I, I might have to quit the marathoning game for good.
1: Oh, very good.
0: Right. So, shall we talk a little bit about um, topic of the week, Lisa?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. So, we last week we did cross-country training sessions and this week we're going to have a crack at some advice on how to execute your cross-country race after this so Lisa you've just done a cross-country so perhaps you're the the best qualified to um, talk us through how to how to roll out a cross-country race successfully
1: yeah look and I am really going to come from you know the sort of Pace that we are, you know, the mid-packers. I think the elites are good enough to just go hard from the gun. But I th-
0: well, well, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. But I must admit, after having watched a bit of the world cross country, that there are a number of elites that did describe that they had decided to hold back a little bit particularly because of the tough nature of the of the course. Oh so, good. All right, well then they yeah. will they will
1: fit into my advice then because Excellent. I honestly think that cross country at the start should actually have a bit of a conservative approach. Even you know like the course that I did yesterday as I mentioned, it didn't actually look that tough and even if you walked around it you would think oh this isn't that bad, but it's amazing how those really short rises and falls can actually really catch up with you towards the middle and back end of the race. And it's really interesting to watch, especially a looped course, when you see the people who just go hard from the gun and you can actually just watch the slow, painful death as they <laughs> try and get around, you know, the second half of the race. So I would definitely be a lot more conservative. And I usually like to try and attack the uphills as well so and i know we spoke last week about trying to run hard on the on the downhills but i just feel that cross country it, like it, it's challenging and the surface is different and you're always having to be aware you're not really getting into a relaxed rhythm like you are on the roads or on the tracks so i think to have a conservative nature and then to sort of have you know try and surge in sections relax in other sections and attack certain sections that you'll usually finish with a positive result but i don't know about you every cross-country I run, no matter how hard or easy, I am absolutely ruined at the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much the nature of the cross-country beast, isn't it? And and I would agree with you, like sometimes it doesn't matter, and particularly over longer distances, even the strategy of holding back at the start can, you know, the course itself will eventually catch up with you at the end.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I don't actually think I'm a great cross-country runner. Uh, I often get beaten by girls, who I would normally be quicker than on the track or on the road. But I think they're just really good. I think a, a, a really good characteristic to have to race a good cross-country is grit as well. I don't think I've got it. You know, I get a bit frustrated and I think to yep. execute a good cross country, it's to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's very rare that you've got a beautiful stretch of road that you can relax and find a rhythm. You know, you're either turning a tight corner or climbing a steep hill or climbing through mud. And it's just, for me, it's like a constant frustration. And I really, I think I that gets a The better of me often in a cross country race, so I think to execute it well is to learn to keep that intact and realize that it is going to be tough and it is going to be brutal. So you've got to just dig deep and try and tough out those really dark places that that I go into in a cross country.
0: Exactly, and I I think you know you mentioned those sort of multi lap courses. I think that's what I'm in for next weekend. So I think that's four laps of 2K. yeah, And the strategy that I'm planning on doing is is A, holding back a bit, but certainly using that first lap to kind of go to school on the course a little bit and find out where the sections are that you can run it a bit harder and where you might have to be a little bit more conservative. And that will give me the chance to A, get into the race, but B, be able to hopefully have more of a feel about the kind of effort that I can dole out for the rest of the race. And because it's an 8K and, look, I really haven't done enough hard training or, in fact, any racing for probably more than a month, I'm going to find the intensity of the racing pretty tough, I think. So um, I probably need to be a little bit more conservative even than normal. Once you've had a few cross-country races in a row, then you might be... Uh, you'll have a sense of being able to ride the red line a little bit better than than what I will at the moment. I'm probably not going to know exactly where that red line is, mm. and I probably won't know that I've gone over it until it's too late. So, <laughs> <laughs> going to have to be careful.
1: And you know, cross country, I think, is a lot less about you know pacing and hitting splits because it's it's very rare that you run the same course. And even this course that I did yesterday, I think it changes nearly every year. Like I said, it's meant to be 4k. This year it was 4.3, so it, it's a you can't really get caught up in the oh well I've run this split for 1k because there's often not even markers out on the cross-country courses so you've actually got to learn to race you know race within yourself but even race the people and that's very different from being out on a road or on a track and just sort of being a bit of a slave to your splits and I think that can take some getting used to as well
0: yeah I agree with you and look it's Good that you raised that point about racing people because after I get settled in, I think that's probably what I'll try and do is just just try and have some little mini contests with some of the uh, mid-to-backpackers that'll be be around me on the course um, and Uh. help use them to motivate me to to run a bit harder than what I otherwise might.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually did that yesterday. There was a gentleman who is actually in my club and normally I'm miles ahead of him in the, the road and he actually beat me yesterday, but he was a really good marker because I was feeling... Feeling pretty awful, and I'd managed to sort of peg him back, and I got about ten meters away from him. I could not close the gap, but it was actually a really nice distraction. Instead of me going, "Oh, another hill! Oh, I feel terrible! Oh, I hate this climb! This, you know, this surface is rocky." It was okay. If I just keep him in my sight, let's just try and run him down. And it it can actually be a little bit of fun too.
0: Definitely, it's almost like a mini marathon in a way. And uh, I'm hoping that that's the way that it plays out for me next weekend. That if I that conservatively hopefully I'll be passing people as the race goes on which might provide me with a bit more motivation again but there's no guarantees about that who knows I, I may get overexcited and completely blow up and cook myself within the, the first half but uh, I have to really tell myself I think to take it easy early on and I was actually thinking when, when you reminded me that the topic was cross country racing of an instance when I was about 14 or 15 and I was in the regional cross country which was held I think at Yeah. and this is going a long way back in time but there was one of the teachers in the school uh, by the name of Rod Greer has a very loud and penetrating voice and he was in the local running club as well he kind of was just screaming at me early on in the race and I kind of responded and I found myself in the lead pretty early on and I think I was I think I probably led the race up until about the 2k mark oh, no. but that early hot pace like that just It cooked me and I got overtaken by three people towards the end and unfortunately missed the podium. So I just have to put myself back in my 14 or 15-year-old self and just remind myself of the suffering of uh, going out too hard and not do that.
1: I think that's a really good word to sum up. Racing cross-country is suffering. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And and once once you're
0: cooked, there's just nothing you can do about people passing you.
1: There is nothing. I actually saw a few people walking up the hills yesterday. And as I said, it, you know, it wasn't exactly climbing mountains, but I I heard it at the end as well with people saying, I just went out too hard. I was ruined in that second lap. And, you know, like the 10K road, I went out way too hard. But, I felt worse yesterday running the cross country than I did that ten k road when I cooked myself because I guess as we say the surface is so relentless so you're just always having to concentrate you're always on edge and it's yeah it's just often really tough challenging courses so I think be conservative know that you're going to have to grit and it's going, you're probably going to suffer a bit and then you know race people don't worry so much about your what it says on your clock
0: on your watch Yep. Exactly. And you reminded me when you started talking about surface, like what what sort of footwear, what shoes were you wearing in the cross country?
1: Yeah, well, I actually, I changed shoes in the second, um, for my second one, but I wore actually my track racing flats because at the moment, actually, one thing I didn't mention is how hot it has been in Sydney. So yesterday it was at least 26 degrees when we were running and I I was absolutely boiling and, you know, obviously everyone else was in those same conditions as well. So because there really hasn't been a lot of rain, the surface was very hard, so which was, you know, perfectly fine for, for flats I actually put on my big quad hoppers um for the second lap just because I wanted to be in something quite comfortable but yeah, yeah it was um definitely I didn't really see many people in spikes just because the surface was really quite hard and and rocky but I imagine that Sinan's next week that you're yeah. going to be running I mean the pictures I've seen from last year was it was a bit of a, a muddy pit
0: yeah, well, see, I've got a bit of a decision to make because I, I haven't pulled on a pair of spikes for a long time. and Whilst I've got a couple of pairs uh, in the shoe collection, do I do I risk pulling them out or just run in a pair of racing flats and, yeah. and see how that goes?
1: Look, I don't really run in spikes for cross-country and I know that some of the top guys do. And look, when it is slippery and um, especially coming up and down some of those hills, it, it is definitely quite advantageous, but I just, oh, I don't Know, I I personally don't really like the underfoot feel that much with the spikes on, so Mm. I'm not a fan. And and probably for the performance level that I usually get out in a cross country, I don't really think it warrants the potential injury risk.
0: Yep, not worth it. No, one thing I'm definitely going to avoid is wearing a shoe with any kind of stack height in it. So Mm. I, I have been doing quite a lot of running in shoes that have effectively quite flat and they have got cushioning in them, but it's not like a really high cushion. And I just feel like Mm -hmm. I'll be more stable if I'm wearing something that's pretty close to the ground. I'm actually contemplating, I don't know if you remember when I was butchering all of those shoes um, (laughs) at the start of the year when when I was playing around with the idea of negative drop shoes and I basically made a pair of racing flats out of a pair of old pair of Mizuno Ronins and I cut the heel off those and they're, they're definitely not a negative drop shoe but they feel like they're actually almost like zero and quite flat and they definitely feel like a very stable shoe so I I, I think I might wear those rather than risk wearing spikes with no preparation and look I feel like if I went into spikes You'd have to put in a pretty long spike for it to make any difference, anyway. And if, if you're not yeah. used to wearing that, that could be trouble for calves and hamstrings, particularly those of us who are uh, over the age of 40. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I sometimes think that the surface is just so relentless and unforgiving that if you haven't done a lot of running in spikes, then I think you're just really elevating that risk for the injury. So I just think, you know comfortable, lighter shoes if possible, but um, I think you'll actually get more benefit by not going out like a crazy person and having that conservative approach rather than worrying about the maybe percent that you'll get from a, a lighter yeah. pair of spikes.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And look, you know, probably if you're a bit more conservative, you're going to be able to hold your footing and be a bit more stable anyway than if you're completely gassed early on. So that's another reason to just hold back a bit so that you can be a little bit more in control of your mechanics and hopefully not do a swan dive down the hill like you.
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any footage of it yet. It would have been quite funny to get. But I literally oh. swan dove and it was as though it was sort of part of my walking, though. I sort of fell over and got up and as if I hadn't really actually missed a stride.
0: Yep. Oh, yep. dear.
1: I could tell I was tired. I just, gave it everything.
0: <laughs> you did. Yeah. And just, just before we um, move on from the shoe topic, I was going to mention, I've been doing my long runs out at the Daleswood High Performance Centre in an old pair of New Balance. I think they're MT101s. So they're basically a trail shoe. So I suspect there'll be a few people at St Anne's next week who actually run in a trail shoe, which gives you a different option to running in spikes, perhaps not as aggressive as the spikes, but you're probably likely to have, you know, various pairs that have got some really good solid rubber lugs on the bottom, which would give you a bit more traction if it's slippery. So, yeah, that's another left field option for me. And I'm sure there'd be other runners there who'd be thinking, hey, I might just. Pull out my trail shoes rather than running spikes.
1: Yeah, look, I actually saw a couple of people run around barefoot yesterday as well. Oh wow! Yeah, mm. uh, which a bit, bit ouch for me underfoot. But you know, I guess if it wasn't that, Keith isn't Bateman, than- was it? No, I didn't see Keith out there yesterday, actually, but uh, there were certainly some other runners that were running around barefoot. And, look, I think that is quite a good option in cross-country if if you're used to it and maybe if the surface is quite lush and soft underfoot. Mm. But I'd just be really careful with going from maybe jogging barefoot to sort of Hard racing yeah. yesterday was only four k so I think that's quite a safe distance, but eight ks are starting mm. to really push it up there, especially if it's a challenging course
0: that's all right and look if it is slippery, like running barefoot's not going to be very good anyway um mm. I think you'd be, yeah, be better off with a pair of shoes with some with some good traction to stop yourself from slipping and sliding mm. too far. All
1: right. Well, there you go, Brian. Conservative approach for your cross-country next week like I did yesterday and try and yes, stay, up, yes. stay upright when you cross the finish line.
0: Exactly. And, yeah, looking for, for any of the listeners that want to go to school on the – Uh, recent World Cross Country Championships in Aarhus. Could probably find that on the internet at this point and just sort of replay some of those races. And there'll definitely be some examples of some people that started conservatively and were able to work their way through the field. And, Mm. yeah, that was definitely a a course with a big hill running up the roof of that museum. So um, could pay to hold a little bit back, hold a little bit back, leave a little bit in the tank. Mm. Very good. Well, it looks like we're close to a wrap. This has almost been a world record fast episode, Lisa. What's what's coming up for the week ahead for you? No no racing by the sound of it.
1: Oh, well, we're actually, we need to move out of our house into our little tiny house, as I mentioned, so that's always fun. Uh, it's going, going to be to...
0: crowded with, with you guys oh, and the, the kids and the dog.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so crowded. And if you saw under our house at the moment in the man cave with the, and I'm not exaggerating here, I think we would have 10 to 15 surfboards under the house. Um, let alone the surfboards we have down here in Gerringong and Byron. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's a uh, surfboard city. We've actually got a club run. There's a, a bunch of us going out to, it's actually the Western Sydney Marathon coming up this weekend. And there's a few people doing a five and a 10K. And I've entered, but I'm I'm just going to see how this week goes. Uh, if I feel like I did or I do now and did yesterday, I'm actually happy to be official cheer squad and sort of, you know, team organiser for more than... Sounds
0: good. Orange yeah, girl. Yeah,
1: yeah, orange girl, exactly. So um, I'm probably quite happy to take up that <laughs> that role. So I think just just got to get myself sorted, really. Still going to keep ticking over the Ks and hopefully life and the house will all get on track. But what about you?
0: Well, I'll probably just try and hit the gym a couple of times for a couple of mini gentle sessions just to recover. I'm actually feeling the last couple of days a little bit in my legs at the moment so I think I think Monday I might just have a complete rest day and then try and hit the gym a couple of times during the week do a little bit more easy running and just probably concentrate on preparing myself mentally for for that race on Saturday <laughs> yes. and make, uh, make sure I, I hit that with with the right kind of attitude
1: yeah I think that's a fair enough call I'm looking forward to seeing how you go actually it will be fun I think you'll enjoy yeah. it once you've been out there and you're back amongst the team it is a nice environment
0: it is and look it's being held at a winery so i can oh, always wow. drown my sorrows Bonus. afterwards <laughs> if, <laughs> if things go wrong oh. you just find me floating in a vat of pinot noir <laughs>
1: oh gosh that's a um, that's certainly an incentive they should do that for all cross-country races it'd get they, me there they
0: should yes it would definitely make it a lot more popular i think if someone was standing at the end of them with uh, with a glass of wine or a beer or something
1: oh dear well good luck anyway
0: thank you i look forward to reporting in on how it goes next week you have been listening to the running technique tips podcast with brian martin and lisa biffin catch you next week